You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam, and I'd like to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to my show. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my Patreon family for supporting this podcast on a deeper level. If you want to support this podcast even more, become a member of my Patreon family, where you can get a variety of backstage perks. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc for more information. Now, on today's episode of Burying It All with Call Me Adam, I am chatting with Shakina Nafak, performer, director, writer, producer, and social activist. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Shakina about theater, TV, including the new NBC comedy Connecting, being the first transgendered star of a primetime network comedy, and so much more. So stay tuned. Hi, Shakina. Hey, Adam. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm happy to be seeing your face and chatting with you on your podcast. I am so thrilled to have you. It's been a, f- a few years since we've really gotten a chance to sit down and talk. I think so. Yeah, I was trying to think about when the last time was, and I, I think it was in 2015. Yeah. Five years? Is that possible? It could wow. At least the past three to five years. Yes. Because wow. I think the last time we sat down was um, when we did from when we were doing From the Factory Floor at Musical Theater Factory, that That's video right. series. So I'm thrilled to be able to catch up with you. So much has happened. <laughs> In those so much. Years. <laughs> so much. Um, let's start. Let's start with the new TV show because I'm loving it, and um, you you are one of the stars of NBC's new comedy, Connecting. How did you get involved in the project, and what I mean, what attracted you to it? You know, I just auditioned like everybody else. It was the first audition that I got. You know, in the COVID era, and I think. I think it was an audition that went out to a, a lot of people because we were all starved for work and looking for, you know, some opportunity. And when this show came around, it was one of the first things to go into production during the pandemic. So I, I auditioned like everyone else. I went through a callback and a screen test process, just like everybody else. And then and then I booked the role and then we kind of went from there. You know, they only had the pilot written and they had some ideas for the character, but we got to shape it together, which was really exciting. Now, one thing I love about the show um, is it seems like your character, there's a lot of you in the character. So how much, how much input do you act, do you get to give or how much input prior to filming did you give? You know, there were a few things that they knew about the character. They knew that Ellis was a Clippers fan and they knew that her story was going to involve working high-end retail and losing her job and and sort of dealing with being on the lower end of the economic spectrum in her group of friends and what that was like for her. So that's what like the givens were. Mm-hmm. And when I came in and we realized the character was going to be trans, we started talking about, okay, well, what are some issues that are important to me that I could address on the show? And I think the fact that I'm, you know, a pretty um, political person, and like you said, a social activist, I think they were really open to me sort of bringing the fire in that in that regard, because we all knew that we were making a show that was following the the real experience of living through 2020. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I had a lot to say about that. Because it's an ensemble comedy, we sort of do this thing with the show where different characters 
take turns driving the bus. Mm-hmm. And that was really important for us, especially around the, um, the issues of, of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the, um, the sort of groundswell revival of the Black Lives Matter movement this summer. Uh, you know, we we wanted to tell that story and we wanted to tell that story in a way that centered the the black characters on the show. Um, and these episodes are written by black writers who are in the writer's room. Mm. And it was just really powerful to be able to bring attention to some of these issues on a NBC sitcom. The, the uh, episode five that's going to come out uh, this week actually uh, centers around the the huge protests. So we we go like way into it, which is really cool. Oh, that's great. That's great. I mean, the way it's also handling the pandemic, I feel is very well done um, because it, it is one of the first shows. I mean, it's one of the first shows to be filmed entirely during COVID. And yeah. um, I also feel like it's really one of the, the first shows to be dealing with COVID and the events that happened during 2020 um, yeah. as well. You know, we've seen like a few pandemic-themed shows. Ours is the first sitcom to just launch headlong into the reality of this year. There's a lot of shows that have already been around that are now trying to figure out how to incorporate the reality of COVID-19 into the the universe of their shows. Mm -hmm. But we are really like of and for the moment. And it's kind of like a timepiece. Like we, we, we chart the course of the year as you see these group of friends go through it together. Yeah. What's the most challenging part about filming the show? I think the hardest thing, I mean, the tech is really hard. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we're we're filming it all ourselves. So um, every actor is like setting up their own lighting equipment, uh, decorating their own set, setting up their own camera equipment, doing their own hair and makeup. Uh, there's so much work that goes into the production before we even start acting. And ordinarily when you're acting for television, there's a bunch of other people doing those things and you're just really focused on your character and your role and your lines. And uh, we get very little time to focus on that kind of preparation. And it's mostly just like getting the scene ready. Also, because we're, uh, you know, an ensemble of seven plus guest stars, there are seven or eight cameras sometimes operating at once. And that's kind of unheard of, you know, so the camera director has to work with each of us to set up our iPhones to get the right color balance and camera angle. And then all of those are being screen shared onto one Zoom call so we can see each other. But, uh, But it's a heavy lift in terms of the tech. Wow. Well, it comes off flawlessly uh, on you. air. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, and, it, um, it, I like that it's fast paced. It feels like, you know, you're watching just a normal sitcom. You kind of forget that it's zoomed. Yes, yes. I definitely agree with that. I can't wait to see um, episode five this week and um, just how the how the series continues. Yeah, I think like the um, the episode where Ellis, my character, really gets to shine is episode uh-huh. seven. That's our Halloween episode. It doesn't Ooh. come out till November 19th, but um, but that's the episode where I'm really driving the bus. But I still get to, you know, like I said, I, I get to say a lot of things that are really important to me mm-hmm. uh, on this show. And episode five, for sure, I'm, I'm representing uh, not only for myself, but for black trans women in a, in a bit, in a way that we've never seen on network television. That's terrific. Well, there's nobody else but you that I feel like could be doing this groundbreaking uh, role. Well, thanks, Adam. I mean, I like that. I like that we can do it with humor, you know, and I think that's why they they trusted me with that. Yes. Yes. I mean, you've done so many great things over the years and just everything that you've done with Musical Theater Factory and then your own cabaret show, Manifest Pussy, and you have a new 
uh, play coming out in December with Audible, um, uh, which is called, I'm going to need help with the title, actually. Yeah, it's a long title. Chonbury International Hotel and Butterfly Club. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that that title. Um, now that, does that, does that play deal with um, more of your story of transition? Yeah, it's sort of, you know, Manifest Pussy is like my autobiography in terms of my my transition journey and the, you know, spiritual and, and sexual and, and gender formation that led me on that quest. Uh, and then when I kind of got that show out of my system, I realized that there were a lot of other people that impacted me along the way that I wanted to pay homage to. And so this show was really a love letter to the other folks who were staying in the same hotel with me in Thailand while I was going through my gender confirmation surgery or recovering from it. And it's a hotel comedy in the style of Stage Door, like an old like 1940s great American hotel comedy play. Uh -huh. But it's about trans women in Thailand. Uh, you know, so it has a really contemporary subject matter and these characters that you just have never seen in a in a great American play before. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I, I actually first found out about the play because I just interviewed Jason Tam for my website. Oh, and great. he is one of the uh, actors yeah. in the show. So yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be fantastic. Yeah, we have a really wonderful scene together. I love him so much. And to get to work with him on this was a dream. Yes. And now it comes out, I believe it's December 29th. 29th. Yeah, yeah, the end of the year. Yeah, so it's like just in time for, you know, rebirth into the new year. Mm -hmm. That sounds like the perfect time for it. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of uh, rebirth, let's um, let's take a quick break. And uh, <laughs> when we come back, let's talk a little bit about Musical Theater Factory and um, your own journey of finding love. And then um, yeah. we'll have other stuff to talk about. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Shakina. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The new 2023 Ford Escape is the perfect getaway car. Featuring an available 13.1-inch center stack screen, 360-degree camera, and Bang & Olufsen sound system and spatial flexibility for extra legroom. The new 2023 Ford Escape. Learn more at Ford.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Hey everyone, my name is Shakina and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. And now we're back. You are currently on the board of Musical Theater Factory because mm -hmm. was it last year or the year before that you stepped down as 
um, artistic director. At, at, yeah. Yeah. I think it was been two years now, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew for a while that I wanted to dedicate more of my time to pursuing my own work as an mm-hmm. artist. And I loved that I had created this thing that was serving so many other artists, especially underrepresented artists. We had a really long process of um, developing a succession plan and then launching a search for a new artistic director. So May you uh, took over uh, just, I guess she's going into her second full season now. So it's like about a year and a half ago that she first came on board. And she's incredible. Um, and she took all the sort of, you know, um, guiding principles of MTF and then built on them and is making them her own in a really brilliant way. So the organization is continuing to serve, you know, emerging musical theater writers, predominantly writers of color or, you know, trans and queer writers, and pushing the boundaries of what musical theater can be. We actually just uh, launched a new fellowship this year as part of the MTF Maker program, which gives uh, six creative teams resources for 18 months to develop a new show. And one of those is going to be an XR, uh, like musical theater in augmented reality fellowship. So we're actually looking at how musical theater writers can be creating for the digital landscape, which is so cool. Wow. What a way to really like embrace and incorporate the times we're living in into 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 the um, musical theater factory family. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's great. Yeah, you gotta like adapt with the times, you know. Yes. and that's what we're doing. Yes. So, and how did it feel to like officially step down as artistic director? Um, well, you know, it was freeing, honestly, because it got to the point where when I first started Musical Theater Factory, it was also when I had first started my transition and began performing, because I, I never had given myself the opportunity to be a performer you know, in my adult life. I was focused on being a director and really didn't feel comfortable putting myself center stage in that way. Um, but as I stepped into my you know, true self, I also kind of stepped into like my true career, I guess. Mm-hmm. And for a, for a while, those processes were really collaborative. The growth of MTF and the growth of my career as an actor were kind of parallel. And then they started to get a little competitive with one another because I just, the organization kept growing and my career kept blossoming and it was kind of impossible to sustain both of them. Oh. So being able to finally release MTF to new leadership has given me the freedom to you know, do the things that I wanted to do with my play, and, and now with this TV show, and with other projects that I'm working on, which you know, um, I think puts me in a position to continue making contributions to culture in the ways that I feel you know most passionate about and and best equipped for. I love it. I love how um, I love that you said it was freeing, and and how you know you really felt like as you got to the point where you felt your most honest self that that this was the time that you were able to to let go of it and embrace this other part but you're still very much like you said actively involved in it just yeah in a i mean way. i'm still a huge cheerleader for the company i'm on the board of directors i participate in conversations around policy and the growth of the organization um but i don't have any sort of day-to-day role anymore which is great and and also you know the thing that i said about sort of stepping into your full self and then like letting the stars align around that. I think that's kind of universal. I mean, I I believe that when any of us sort of shed the mask and and step fully into who we're meant to be in the world that 
new doors open up because we're like finally living in harmony with what the universe wants for us. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I love how you you are a believer in asking the universe for things and um, having the universe guide you as well. Now, another thing that is very exciting is that you have found love over the past, is, has it been two years now or a year? No, we are we are gonna be celebrating our five year anniversary in January. Oh my God. So wild, I can't believe it's been that long. Oh my God. So um, how did you meet? And um, <laughs> I we met on Tinder. Story. Yeah, we met on Tinder. Um, it was really funny. I was in San Diego visiting my family and I was staying there for like a month. This was during the time that MTF was gonna lose their lease on our original black box space. Mm. And I was just like, I need to get out of here. Like I, you know, that we were packing everything up and like figuring out a new plan. And I was like, I just need some space. And so I went to spend time with my family and I was like, you know, I just, I want a guy to take me on a date. Like mm -hmm. I've like hooked up and stuff like that. But as a trans woman, it's really difficult actually to find as like, if you're like a, a heterosexual trans woman, I mean, I consider myself queer, but like hetero attracted. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, you know, a lot of guys have so much internalized transphobia that even if they are attracted to a trans woman, they like won't be seen in public, you know? And it mm -hmm. gets really like humiliating. I mean, it feels really, um, really sad and alienating to like be used for sex and have no room for like romance or other kinds of intimacy. So mm -hmm. I was like, I just want to go on a date. And, um, and I like put that on a Tinder bio and was like, this is what I'm here for. And, and then of course I got kicked off of Tinder because all these dating apps are like kind of inherently transphobic because people, if they get matched with you and they're transphobic will block you. And there's not like protections for trans people on these things. I think Tinder has evolved in some ways. I, I haven't been on it uh -huh. in a long time, uh -huh. but I got kicked off and then I raised like this big stink on social media and then they like, reinstated my account. And then I had this message waiting from, from Daniel. And, oh my God. Um, and he was like, you know, some people might look at trans people and, and think, you know, one thing or another, but I just see your photos and I think you're, you're really brave and really beautiful. And, and so we talked and then we, we went on a date and I, I kind of, you know, I knew I was leaving town in a couple days after mm -hmm. it was toward the end of my time there. And I was like, okay, well, this was like a really, really beautiful, wonderful, we actually went on two dates um, uh, in the course of like three days. So we, we now call it our anniversary festival, January 3rd through 5th. Um, but, I, and I wrote like a blog post about it because I really thought like that was it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I remember I was at MTF and I was like putting, a, I was like packing up all the gay porn that was in that <laughs> yeah. video and um and my phone buzzed in my pocket and i picked it up and it was daniel and it just said poke and i just got butterflies and i was so excited that like oh my god maybe it's not a one night stand we're gonna keep uh -huh. talking yeah and then uh you know it we were long distance for like a year and a half before he made the move out to new york wow that's so yeah. exciting yeah it's cool it's yeah. cool. I feel I'm lucky, you know. Uh, we have a we have a pretty um, we have a pretty good partnership, and we're really committed to growth. And that's I think the thing that's like sustained us through all these all the difficulties of this year and and other mm -hmm. things is that like we both share a kind a commitment to becoming the best version of ourselves. And you know, if you can do that um, in a partnership, you can kind of do anything. Yes. Yes. Now, is he in the business as well? 
He's not, except that connecting roped him in in a hard way. Um, he could basically be a TV producer now if he wanted to be. I mean, he was doing everything that I was doing except for acting. Uh -huh. So, and this was true for, I mean, so um, Jill Knox Powell and Keith Powell, who play Michelle and Garrett on the show, they're mm -hmm. married in real life and they were cast as such because that's in case we had to shut down for quarantine, like they needed those two actors to be able to be together. Mm. So, um, but there were a couple other people on the show who also have partners and like those people have been roped in this sort of unavoidable. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, and now, um, and I love how your anniversary is in January at the start of the new year, which we just said before break is like the rebirth. Yeah. And here you were, you, you, I mean, it was like, you got that rebirth of finding love. Yeah, it was funny too because my one of my besties got married on January 1st uh, or 31st. It was New Year's Eve wedding and I was officiating. And so I was there like, you know, celebrating the love of, you know, my best friend and and his husband and and maybe just a little rubbed off on me. You know, I got some of that magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well clearly because here you go 5 years later. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're still together and um you're thriving in this pandemic with him, which is amazing. Yeah. And it's not easy, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because like sometimes in moments like this, like just surviving is actually thriving and we mm -hmm. don't give it enough credit, you know, that sometimes just getting through it deserves celebration, you yes. know, when life is really hard. Yes. And uh, yeah. So you know, we try to, we, we always said like when we were even just starting dating, like that we, we wanted to be the kind of couple that like, you know, brought good energy into a room and, mm -hmm. you know, like had that sort of, you know, the love that like inspires other people to love. And mm -hmm. um, so we've just really tried to like shine that light as mu as best we can. Well, you always exuberate a bright light of love and, uh -huh. and, everything i mean acceptance and just everything for everybody you're Thank you're God. always so open to everybody so it's no it's no wonder that you have it yourself in your relationship i mean it took long enough yeah i got to <laughs> yeah. say you know i didn't i didn't meet him till i was like 35 or something like that so you know i'm i'm very grateful and and really happy and um, spent a lot of years feeling like I would never find love and really yes. to the point where I began to believe that, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that I, I tuned out that voice and, and continued to take risks with my heart. Yes. Yes. No, I agree. I mean, I certainly got to a point, I just met my boyfriend two years ago and I was certainly at a point where I was like, you know, I'll be like, if I'm alone for the rest of my life, that's fine. And then I met him and you know, something shifted and yeah. two years later, we're still together and I see but many more years coming. I, I hope that for you, I really do. And I think that you. What, what you were saying about that sort of acceptance and surrender is an important step to releasing our expectations, you mm -hmm. know, because I think we, we put so many unconscious blocks in our way uh, and we really like make it harder for the universe. Oh, sorry, my dog is coming into my no, recording okay. booth. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we, you know, uh, we can let these thoughts convince us that we're not worthy or not deserving. Mm -hmm. And then we believe them. And yes. it's important to step that back. But I think those negative voices happen not only with love, but with career and with, with everything. And it is, it is, 
it's important to push them away, but it's also an everyday struggle to continue to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a religious person, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, like, you know, one of the sort of like literal definitions of Satan is the accuser. And Mm -hmm. I once heard this pastor say that the devil's favorite pronoun is I. And that voice in your head that's saying, I am not good enough. I am not smart enough. I am not attractive. I am not talented. That's not actually your voice. Your voice is aligned with the, the divine truth of your being. But that is the the self-judgment voice. And that is some toxic devil nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And it's something that you have to fight all the time. I mean, I go through it too. I mean, there's things I'm working on that I'm like, am I really good enough to do this? Oh, this isn't working that and you know it's a constant battle but it's also nice to have somebody who's there to help you push those voices out instead in addition to yourself so that's right that's right it's it's very important we're very lucky i mean i certainly have not taken a day with him for granted especially during this time yeah 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 i mean i think we all need the most love and companionship that we can possibly get during this time Yes, yes. No, I agree. I agree. Well, let's um, let's lighten things up a little bit. Yeah. And um, let's go into some rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. Um, so let's start with your favorite skincare product. Oh, my favorite skincare product is probably Kiehl's Eye Butter. Mm. Yeah, it's Love a great it. like under eye, you know, lotion. Yes. yes. But it's thick. It's like gooey and thick in it. It feels really delicious. <laughs> I love that. Favorite lipstick? Favorite lipstick. I actually pulled it out because this is the lipstick that I wore on my first date with Daniel. Um, and when I booked Connecting and they were like uh, making, you know, sending us the cosmetics that we'd be using on the show, I asked for more of it. So now I have a couple. But it is L'Oreal Glossy Bomb um, Ginger Candy. Mm. It sounds like... It could be an amazing treat, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a great first kiss lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> favorite TV show? And you can't say connecting, even though I know oh. it's your favorite. <laughs> oh, then Difficult People on Hulu. <laughs> yeah. I just introduced my boyfriend to it. I was like, you've never watched. I was like, we have to watch this. He's like, you've seen it already. I was like, yes, but we have to watch it again. It holds up. Yeah. Go it ahead. Sure go does. back and stream it. Yep. Yeah. Especially I seasons two it. and three. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, favorite game show? Um, I think maybe it's a tie between The Price is Right and Family Feud. Mm. It depends on like, if there's like Plinko on Price is Right, then it's Price is Right. <laughs> but otherwise it's probably Family Feud. But I love I Plinko. Love that, I love that distinction. <laughs> uh, favorite cereal? Um, uh, honey Bunches of Oats. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, regular honey bunches of oats? Classic, classic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't I don't need the almonds. I don't need the vanilla crunch. Just give me the basic. Okay, because yeah. I just I've just started eating the frosted and it's delicious. But well, sure, you know. But I'm a grown woman. You know, I can't be having <laughs> sugar cereals every day. Listen, I'm not judging. It's quarantine. Like, live your bliss. You know, <laughs> exactly. Your comfort exactly. where you can find it. Exactly. There's only so much apple and yogurt I can eat every morning. That's right. So. That's right. <laughs> Uh, your go-to karaoke song? Um, actually, Landslide, you know, Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks, which is, yeah. always brings down the room, but, like, will make someone cry and, like, heal their soul. So it's worth it. Yes. Uh, and your go-to emoji when texting? The fingernails. Oh, yeah. Painted. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love I it. think that's like, it totally expresses my attitude about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very, very well played. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. That's all the rapid fire questions. Oh, that was easy. I, I yeah. get so nervous about those, but we did all right. Thank you. Yes. No, you yeah. did great. You did great. <laughs> so um, before we get to my last question, I do actually, in thinking about our whole conversation, I mean, you're such a, a, a confident, outspoken um woman who uh you just do you do so much good for people i mean what's like some advice you could give for someone who's maybe struggling either struggling with their sexuality or just struggling trying to find their voice what's something that you've learned that you could impart on people i mean some basic truths are that god or the universe or whatever your feelings are around a self-governing you know, organizing principle of the world, that entity made you perfect as you are. And the blueprint for your entire existence is already embedded within you. And your soul made a commitment when it jumped into your body to say that you were ready for this. So you're ready for this. And if you can trust that, then you can learn how to see the things that serve you and don't serve you and make decisions accordingly. Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, <laughs> now we are at the end of the interview. Aww. So I know. I know. It goes by way too fast, especially yeah. with you because, I mean, it's just, I, I mean, we have five. I mean, it's amazing how. I know. I mean, it's just like five crazy years that it's get, been this yeah. long. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. But I'm so thrilled that we got to catch up. And Me too. not only this, I know my listeners can't see the video that we see, but it is so nice to see your face. Yes, and, I hope you can hear my smile, listeners. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. They always say, they always say, when you're smiling while you're talking, you can always hear that. Oh, good. Well, yeah, yeah. we all need as much joy as we can. So we I'm just do. trying to put that out there. Yes, yes. So I always end my interviews um, playing off the title of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. So if you could bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you haven't told previously, what would you share with me today? I mean, that is such a hard question because I feel like I I put so much out there all the time. So I'm really searching for something like new to share with you and your listeners. And I think I just, I mean, it sounds sort of basic, but it's like, I'm still working on it. You know, I think that people get this impression that like, oh, I, I've made it and I, I have my stuff together and I'm like on top of my game. And, you know, it's hard for me too. Um, mm. And I, I try to put forward, you know, my best face and my best attitude because I feel like that's what people, especially now, need. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the truth is that um, that I'm still struggling like everyone else, you know, mm. to keep my mental health in check, to keep my faith in check, to keep my you know, physical health in check during this time. And um, yeah, and that's okay, you know. That's beautiful. And that's gonna help a lot of people. <laughs> I hope so, you know, it yeah, does. we're all working on it. We're all working on it. Like yes. like the MTF motto. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, there's, yeah, so, much, there's me. so much more we could talk about, but- Yeah, next um, season, you know, bring me back. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I will. Definitely. Definitely. So um, j- 
just before we go, where can everybody find you on social media? Cool. I'm Shakeens, S-H-A-K-E-E-N-Z, on Twitter and Instagram, and also on YouTube. And then, uh, of course, you can find Difficult People on Hulu and Connecting, streaming on Peacock and Hulu. Awesome. Well, I know everybody listening, if you have not already started watching Connecting, you can catch up on Peacock and Hulu um, and get ready in December for Shakina's new play coming out on Audible, which I'm very excited about. And then, of course, here at the Broadway Podcast Network, we have over 70 theater and art related podcasts. So keep listening. Keep listening. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, live for the business of show. Callmeadam.com. Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advanced notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. 